0: See everyone here this evening, and I'm just going to have you have your seat for a few moments. Uh, I want to thank Brother John Andes. He this was his service really, and he stepped aside and said I should feel free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, while we were uh, announcing that Brother John, Sister Sharon were grandparents, we had omitted that uh, Sister Star and. Brother Ron Caldwell, I know that that announcement was already made, but I did want to say that you have a hero in our home, and that's my wife. And she said, I said, well, we omitted uh, saying anything about Brother uh, Ron Caldwell and Sister Star. And my wife says, yes, and Sister Star is the mother. Amen. <laughs> I said, well, of course. Uh, I said, they're both grandparents. No, but she's the mother of Jessica. I said, well, yeah, that's right. So I said, there's a special link there. <laughs> and so you have a hero in our home. Anyway, God bless you all. Uh, and and uh, we are, are thankful for that. Uh, I want to thank Brother Matthew Riddell and... Uh, Group of young people that came over and cleaned my all the snow off my driveway, uh, and Brother Nathan Hildebrand was there first thing Saturday morning, and even there a few minutes, I guess, before the other of the team arrived. And it, it you wouldn't think that ever create a problem, but I felt a little bit guilty this morning, just driving out like I'm going on an airline strip, you know. And and mine's the only driveway that's clean in the whole (laughs) So I felt a little bit guilty. But anyway, thank you, Brother Matthew. I really appreciate that. Brother Tom and Brother Murphy are in China, and uh, I'd like you to remember them in prayer this week because uh, they are going to be meeting with uh, Leaders or leader of the Three Self Church, which is a government-approved church in China, and I think it's the only government-approved. It's called the Three Self Church, Uh, and they're going to be meeting because uh, the Bible, which we say has been, well, let me just say that you folks here in the church, and when you have mentioned their names in prayer, or we talked about the mission work over there in China. I would like you just to be mindful that the believers in China, and along with largely Brother Murphy, have spent 18 years, a total of 18 years, uh, putting this Bible, making the corrections, we'll say. And there were a, a group of fundamental Christians in Hong Kong that apparently had done the Old Testament. And uh, so, and they said, it's just public domain, you can have it. And they made many, 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 many corrections from the uh, Uni Bible, or the Unity Bible, which is uh, uh, King James Version of the Bible. But I would like to just give you just a brief piece of history. And we're thankful for Brother Mark Aho, who did a lot of research on it. And uh, because I I simply Googled, I had heard that China doesn't have a King James Version. So I went on to Google and, and immediately, of course, many sites came up that have the King James Version in Chinese, so I went upstairs right up here, and I sat down with Mother Murphy, and I said, <clears throat> uh, I've just heard that there's no King James Version, but I said, I find all kinds of them. And uh, Murphy just took his Chinese Bible and said, well, yes, we do have it, what they call a King James Version, but it, it uh, is not the actual King James Version. It was, and they, you have to understand even those of the Chinese community that are here in the church or streaming this meeting, uh, Brother Mark Aho also confirmed, confirmed this, but I, I knew from years ago, I have Hudson Taylor's uh, excursions into China, and he was one of the great men of the of, of the previous era era, probably the uh, Philadelphia age, and there were great, great men uh, such as David Livingston that went to Africa, the uh, uh, a couple of other brothers, they were soccer stars, and they gave it all up. they gave it all up, and I was very, very moved by that and uh, the, the, they, I have their book in my in my home, and it was I was very, very touched by it because this was a soccer star who was a very wealthy man and he had daughters, and he said to his daughters on his, uh, I understand, on his deathbed, he said, I, I'm sorry that I don't have anything to give you. I've given it all to the Lord years ago. There, there's been some remarkable people and there has been remarkable people that have also gone into the land of China. But as far as the, that great nation, masses of people were concerned, it was closed to the Bible officially, officially closed to the Bible because it was considered, in, and this is from my research, it was considered uh, the Western world's book. And uh, like, I know the United Kingdom and Europe and so on. They had gotten uh, tea uh, from India and they had gotten gold and silk from China and all the maybe beautiful things and brought it to their countries. And so their Bible was considered by China to be, this is from my research, to be a Western people's book. And and they're a very ancient uh, uh, his, historical nation, go back probably several thousand years to the different dynasties. And now and then, now then, uh, communism came in, and they they even got tighter against the Bible at that time, under Mao Tse I believe it was, and 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 so the Bible was becoming less known and less available in that country. So then during that time in the Western, shall we say, the Western culture, you know, we got all kinds of translations and good news for man. And to me, it wasn't good news at all. I looked at the Bibles and I have walked into the Bible in Linden, into the Bible bookstore in Linden and, and here stacked on the Bible on a, on a table was King James versions, and, I, and they were for sale, you know, on a sale. And I said, well, what is this? And the lady said, well, uh, people don't really, these are not very popular, they're not in demand anymore much, so there's 20, 20 or 25% off on them, etc." I saw a lady standing there, and she was looking at all these various translations, and she said, well, Oh, she said, "What? I, I don't know, I'm, I'm wanting a Bible, but she said, all these different translations. So I pointed her to what I thought was a true translation, and she took it, and I bought several of the Bibles, and we gave them out here in the church, and so on. Well, it was during this era that then China wanted to become more, accepted to the uh, Western world type of market, and, and uh, I would say probably officially would still have some of the same standards that they had in the past. Not that they were bad, but that they, that they held those standards. And But during that time, and, and then people have a certain appetite for spiritual things, and they wanted to open it up, and so they did the Uni Bible, which they were taking then, uh, I think the NIV, which is uh, uh, another version of the Bible, and uh, for myself, and I believe, I'm so thankful that we have a prophet that stayed with the original word, and, and he wanted to even made corrections, not to the Bible, but to the words that were used showing that you could have a number of words you could have a board like for a board for example this is a board but uh, the church has a board and corporations have a board and so and you can be bored say well this is a, a poor service and i'm bored well it's there are different meanings to the same word but when you say the same word and now we have in, in the king james version we have some of the old english terms And even today, you young people, perhaps it would sound strange to you, you know, and, uh, but in some countries it's not so strange, where it says, like, you go down to South Africa, for example, and they say, well, we'll see you by and by. Well, by and by, when is that? Well, it was, I understand it's right away, is that correct? It's, we'll see you by and by. Anyway. (laughs) It's not a Western term for us. Am I making sense? And so there were all kinds of terminologies. and, And the group in Hong Kong that had done the Old Testament, they had translated mercy and love, no mercy and grace, just with one word, which was love in the Chinese. Well, that's not what mercy and grace actually mean. And they have a very different meaning and should, uh, should carry that meaning. So anyway, I was up in this office here with Brother Murphy and I could see that he was quite worn out and going through translating every word. And he said, well, he was about halfway through the New Testament, and he said, I, I think I have to go back and start. There's too many hours in the Old Testament, and because he had been now going over, it, so he goes back to Genesis one and one, and stays with it for five years until we finish in Revelation. And I can tell you that's a great task, and that is brethren and, and his family who are here, Uh, had to to say bye-bye to Father every time while he's translating. Translating. And it took a long time, and it took the prayers of the believers, so when you're praying, you are not praying in vain. So I've said all of that to say, let's pray, because this was one of the things that Brother Murphy was wondering about. How are we ever going to get the Bible, known or distributed, well, it fell into the hands of the first group was a, was a Baptist group. And uh, the man on the phone, he phones right here. He phones to Brother Murphy. He said, I've just, I'm just talking talk to a Baptist man. And he's a, he's, a, he's a minister in China. I said, is he Chinese? He said, no, he's from America. But he speaks Chinese, fluent Chinese, maybe better than I do. I said, "Well, that's amazing." Yeah, yeah. And he said, "He said he just came across our Bible some time ago, and so and he said, he said this is is the best Bible, this is the best Bible that we can find." And he said, "Now we looked into, you know, into who we are." And he said, "Well, doctrinally we don't agree, but he said it's still the best Bible." and he said, we want all of our ministers to have it. Well, uh, about the same thing has happened in the Three Self Church, and it's completely different. So they said they would need 30,000 Bibles for their ministers, and I, that's, that's a few. <laughs> that's quite a few. So this is uh, kind of where the thing is at, and they're sitting down with them, and uh, I'll just let you in on you don't mind this is kind of some secrets (laughs) the people who print the Bible in China is one of the largest printing companies in the world and they got massive presses but they can only print the Bible for export but the government church if the government says we want that Bible, then they can print it for the people in China. Isn't that nice? And Murphy's worried, and he's not getting ulcers, but he was worried, how are we going to make this known? Now his problem is, how are we going to supply it? That's a different problem, but it's a good one. Amen. So what do you think about that? That's all right. That's all happening, uh, uh, not undercover, but while you come here to church, etc., etc., and sing some songs and hear a message. All these things are happening, and you know, all I have to say, it's supernatural. Amen. This supernatural, this God of this message is still doing the same supernatural things. And they're miracles, absolute miracles. We didn't put it in the Baptist hands they found it. We didn't put it in the Three Self Church hands. They found it. And, and they're just coming up with the same thing we've been saying. It's the best and the most accurate Bible that they have ever had. Yes. Now for just a closing statement. Believers found the errors. Believers diarized the errors. Believers in this building determined, kind of downcast, something has to be done, and believers being largely Brother Murphy and the brothers over in China, undertook the translation of it. And I can tell you there's very few people would want to give up that much of their life and that much of their time But when it has to be done, it has to be done. Has to be done, just has to be done. Since this event that I've gone through, since that's happened, I've received letters from people who perhaps are not 20 or not in their 30s, but maybe are in their 60s, and they're saying, I got a long letter from Malawi. I got another long letter from South Africa. I think probably Cape Town, I'm not too sure. But those letters would be embarrassing for me, and I could not read them to you over this pulpit. But we have one of the letters said, just in part, said, Brother Bisco, you came here I got an email, a long email, just the other day. The purpose of that email was to put some pressure on to come to Hungary. I said, I can't come to Hungary. And they said, and this long email came, and Mer- Brother Milko, I don't know if you put them up to it or not, but <laughs> anyway, he said, Brother Jonathan Laria. He wrote a masterpiece of a letter, long. He said, you came to this country when there was no believers. You came to this country when there was no churches. You came to this country when it was still Yugoslavia. And uh, Milko and I were there each time together. And I remember clearly the time we went through the border and through the guards, and they just went like this to open up the suitcases. So his suitcase was completely loaded with tapes, solid tapes, and when they opened it up, and it's all tapes, and my mine had been opened up, he just went like this, so I put it back together again. I'm standing there waiting, and he's looking at Milko's suitcase, full of tapes, because we were taking a library for a Baptist church. And, and he looked at it, and he just went like this. And Milko, he, he hasn't even opened, closed his, his, his uh, suitcase yet. And he says, he just saw shirts. Right. And he's saying to me, he just saw shirts. Right. And I said, you remember that? And I, I said, close your suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> He might take a second look and see tapes, close your suitcase. And so uh, he closed the suitcase and away we went. Uh, you talk about supernatural things uh, and they lost my suitcase, the airlines lost their suit. how many people here have had their suitcase lost by the airlines oh I'm not alone, my goodness, greetings, greetings I lost my suitcase and all my clothes with it and I'm to preach and so we are there a whole week and have not got it we're in the same hotel and Brother Milko carries I hope this isn't out of turn, but he carries two passports. And he has a Canadian passport, and he has a Yugoslavian passport. Well, if you show your Yugoslav passport at the hotel, you get a different rate. So I was paying $25 and he was paying eight. <laughs> and I, I, I thought that wasn't very fair. Anyway, you remember that. And it was that very hotel, Sunday I just finished preaching and I've been in the same clothes for a week. Anybody want to join me? <laughs> same clothes for a week and I finally I, I called the airlines and I was connected with Air Canada and I said listen I got on an airplane in Canada and I got off the airplane in Europe and my suitcase did not fall into the Atlantic. Where is it? And they said, "Well, uh, you know, go and buy yourself a suit or something, send the bill in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, they have so many forms I just knew I'd never never see it. And so Milko and I are walking after Sunday morning service, went back to the hotel and just asked the desk has there been any call no there's been no call we're walking across the floor to the elevators and the Holy Spirit spoke now this kind of will go in line with what we're going to talk about tonight and the Holy Spirit spoke and said go to the airport now or you'll never see your suitcase again is that clear and I said to Milko I said call a taxi oh Okay, he said, and we called a taxi and drove out to the, uh, where were we, Ljubljana Ljubljana Airport. And we start searching for my suitcase. And we got to the lady upstairs in uh, offices and she said, your suitcase, What are we talking about? We're talking about the message. This is how the message got there. This is why I got this email. Said, your suitcase, she said, pointed out the window, said, see that building there? That is where all international bags go. And all domestic bags come here. And she opened up a book, and she says, they're listed here. Here's all... uh, All the identification marks that might be on the suitcase is marked here in this book. said, all I can tell you is your bag is not here. That was all. Suggested we go and have coffee. And she said, I will wire... Uh, five of the major cities, Frankfurt and London and so on, five of the major cities, and see one more time. It's been negative all the time. But she said, I'll see one more time. I went back up after we had coffee, and she said, I've heard from three of them, and it's all negative. And uh, we are just waiting on the last two. So she said, maybe you'd just go and have lunch or something. And while we're sitting downstairs in a restaurant... Uh, uh, a staff member came up, and it's not a busy airport, it's in, and on Sunday it's de- dead quiet. And uh, someone came up, was a lady? Came up and whispered something in Brother Milko's ear. And he says, oh. I said, what? He said, they found your suitcase. Oh, isn't it? So we walk out of that little place and walk right to the immigration department. There's not a soul, not a soul in the immigration. And there's several uh, counters like this, only they're complete where a person walks in behind where the officer will stand. And I go to the first one and look over in where he would be standing and there's my suitcase. Now, Now I go back to the voice, go to the airport now or you'll never see your suitcase again. And I picked up, we just picked up our our case and walked out, walked back home. And I got my suitcase. Is that supernatural? Is that God? That's what we've been talking about. And brother, uh, Brother Tim Dodd spoke this morning. How many were here last Wednesday? I don't ask for your show of hands. It was a wonderful service. Brother John preached on prayer and preached on the supernatural. Wonderful. If you haven't heard it, you should hear it. And then this morning, I agree, it was a marvelous service. We were thrilled with it. And uh, this is the kind of preaching that we live on. And we need it. And now tonight, I want to... Have your stand, and we're going to read some scripture. I'm going to ask Brother John Andes to come and read, and so I can save my voice as much as possible. read? Hebrews four, 12 to 16. Thanks.
1: Hebrews four: 12 to 16 emphasize verse 12, if you would. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Amen. Let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother John. Thank you. <clears throat> Now we'll just have a word of prayer. But before we do, I'd like to just say to you I have not been delaying the service in vain. I was waiting for my slides. (laughs) And I forgot my computer at home. So we had brethren run back and get it and bring it here. And and now we're all set to go. (laughs) Now we'll have prayer. Heavenly Father, how wonderful you are how compassionate you are how caring you are we thank you father in the name of Jesus Christ who you have made known the name that fell from an angel's lips and you said thou shalt call his name Jesus For he shall save his people from their sins. And you have done so. You have loosed the chains of sin. You've loosed the blindness of unbelief. Oh God, and you have given us believing hearts. You gave us a seed before the foundation of the world. And sometimes we do not understand why we believe it, but we do believe it. And we pray that you will help us today Lord, to to read these scriptures and what your prophet has spoken and may the people be given understanding in the name of Jesus Christ we ask it amen Amen. and the people said amen Amen. Amen. I want to just read this scripture which I asked brother John to start with for the word of God is quick that's alive it's alive it's not dead it's not a, a it's not like a paperback book it is alive the word of God is powerful it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword piercing even even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit notice not soul and body or spirit and body but between soul and spirit that's what I want to dwell some on between soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And you have tapes, you have heard where God confirmed his own presence by discerning the thoughts and intents of the heart of thousands and thousands of people. And I believe it was Brother Tim that said this morning, if he did it once, that was enough yes. but he did it thousands and thousands of times we don't have any excuse yes. we don't have any excuse at all God bless you, you may have your seats it said it is piercing even to the dividing asunder I want to take that word piercing for just a moment Because it is something more than just penetrating. It is piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, which we will come to in a moment. But this piercing is to have come or has arrived and is present. When the Word, the Word of God, is piercing, number one, it has come. He is a person. He has come. He is present. He has a certain intent, a certain purpose. This is part of the piercing, to come to one and to seek an intimacy with one. You're not just coming say, hey, how are you? I'd like to shake your hand. No, that isn't it. People talk about when they sing, I want to shake hands with Jesus. Listen, if you ever get into the presence of Jesus Christ, you'll fall down so quick. It, it, your knees will just give out because of the holiness of that atmosphere. Can you say amen to that? That is absolutely the truth. And so piercing even to have come To have arrived. I want to say the congregation tonight. He has arrived. He has an intent. He has a certain purpose. It wasn't for you just to come to church tonight. And hear a message and hear a sermon. Or this morning. Or that's not why we just simply come to church. But we come here because he has arrived. He has sent his word. He is present with it and when you hear the man of God stand behind the pulpit and begin to deliver the word I want you to be conscious he's arrived he's here he has an intent and his intent no regardless of how the brother utters the word he has arrived he has a purpose he has an intent for you specifically for your life and then for the dividing asunder Of soul and spirit the dividing is he is here with the purpose of distribution we didn't hear about this much prior to the prophets message but when he has come he starts talking about your allotment when we talk about a seed oh God put a seed in us from the foundation of the world you're gonna hunger because of that seed. You're gonna thirst because of that seed. But he, when he put that there, or whenever he even in, had an intent of it, that seed has a certain purpose. And he is not going to give up until that's what he joined the two men on the way to Emmaus. It wasn't them who said, uh, uh, well, you know, we we're going to Emmaus, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, the, what was on their mind? We we thought that this Jesus of Nazareth, one uh, acclaimed and confirmed by God, with mighty works and mighty acts, and we surely thought that he was going to deliver Israel. But now they they have crucified him. And and they're the ones with heavy hearts. They're the ones who still can't understand. They are disciples, but they've gone through the whole event and they couldn't understand it. And Jesus said to them, he, he was gonna go on with them. And he made as though when they got to their place, he made as though he was gonna continue. And the Bible says they constrained him to come in, and that's all we can do. We don't even know, say, why are you doing that? I don't know why I'm doing it. But you know, uh, uh, maybe because my parents are. were hospitable or I, we, it's late, they said it's late, it's evening, so come in, they had to do it in the evening time. And here we are in the evening time and we must constrain him when we come to the house of God we're not here just to sit and listen to a word or listen to some specials or have a song, song service that's all part of our worship but we are here because we're constraining him Amen. come Lord Jesus Amen. and the prophet of God said every time you invite him what does he do? He comes every time you invite him. And now the purpose of his coming is for distribution. Satan has tried to move you away from your objective, move you away from your spiritual uh, fulfillment. But I'm going to see to it that you, uh, you, that you receive it. And that also, not only a distribution to you, but a separation. And that to cleave you from the world, but to himself. For the word of God is powerful. As we said earlier, it's alive. And the word of God is laboring. The word of God is not just some sounds. That's not what the word is. The word is an active person. And that's what we have to see, the message. The message, we use that word quite loosely, but we shouldn't use it loosely. It's probably the most one of the most powerful words. It is a person. And this person has come with a divine purpose. And that is to see that you get your allotment. And if you were part of a... Uh, uh, part of an estate one of the things that you should have is that you should know what portion belongs to you and that you receive that portion you don't want your portion to be dribbled out at expenses or to go elsewhere you want that portion to come to you And, and now we have the will of God not the will of grandpa Or not the will of my mother and father and not the will of someone else but he has come himself as his own attorney and to say this is what the will is and I'm going to reveal it to you even if you don't understand it I'm going to reveal it to you I'm going to send my spirit going to make these things known to you and then I'm here to see that you receive all that the estate says Amen hallelujah your portion the part that's a due to you or assigned to you you know in, in Eden and we'll talk just a wee bit about Eden but in Eden the will was that they should live from the tree of life that was the will and the prophet said as long as they would eat from the tree of life they would live forever but it was suggested to them that they'd be wiser if they ate from the tree of knowledge. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I feel somewhat sorry for youth today. I wouldn't want to be your age and have thrown at my feet all the things that Satan has devised today. And incidentally, I was very happy with The service this morning, because uh, brother brother Timothy was able to do some things that I could not do. Now was take his telephone out and talk about the Facebook and all of these things. But I I was just saying in my heart, "Amen, say it, say it, say it. (laughs) Get at it, because it just saves saves me up, frees me up." Now. And just in case we don't fully understand or you don't understand exactly where I'm coming at about this piercing, it was a piercing and dividing and very powerful event. I'm using that term because Brother Tim used it the other day. It's not theology. He said it's an event. It's not just, you know, going to church and being part of a church. It's actually an event. And the event is meeting up with the author and hearing his voice. Friends, I don't want you to get tired tonight, but I'm going to read this messenger that God sent you. He intends for you to not just read about him, but to... He was here to reveal to you what the person who has authorized him and sent him to deliver a message to you, to this church, to this country, to this world. It was this Jesus who spoke to 11 disciples and maybe a few others who said, go and preach the gospel to whoever. To, not to Jerusalem, to the world. Right. Take this gospel to the world. That is our mission. Amen. That must stay our mission. That's the greatest commission. And I can tell you if there's any blessing upon this church, it comes from having that vision, staying with that vision, remaining absolutely focused and devoted to seeing that that message gets as far as we can possibly take it and using every possible device, every possible means of getting it there. And God simply says, I'm the author of that and these folks are going to do it. I've got to keep pouring the resources in and he has done just that. Hallelujah. And we have never had to beg. We have never had to have people say, Sign up on, on things for, uh, you know, to try to generate some funds. It, this is either God's business or it isn't his business. And if it's not his business, we don't want to have anything to do with it. But if it's his business, he will look after it. Amen. And he has done so. And I say praise the Lord. Isn't it wonderful? Hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody's got some miracle to say. But I say it was a piercing and powerful event when the Word in the form of Jesus Christ, a person, a man, who spoke the Galilean language, which was not a very uh, wonderful, it wasn't like one of those beautiful languages, you know, where people can be so proud that they speak in such an eloquent way no it was rather a guttural language it was the language of the peasants and the poor and he spoke the Galilean language but we came by and two men brothers are fishing and he says follow me I don't know what happened to those men yeah. I'm not sure what happened but I can tell you it was a Penetrating more than penetrating word it was piercing even to the dividing asunder and separated him from their industry of fishing and they followed him they don 't know where he 's going they don 't even know anything about him they don 't have any mental acknowledgement of it. they just know that we must follow him. Why are you following him i don 't know where are you going i 'm not sure. They say, what's the matter with you? No, well, uh, why do you believe it? I don't know. Something inside just says, I've got to be there. Like you're here tonight. I've got to be there. I believe that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm sure it was a piercing and dividing and powerful event when Jesus, the Word, called james and john two more brothers that were actually physically mending their nets with their father and his hired servants and they left him in the boat listen friends you talk about you're holding your bible it's full of piercing events And furthermore, there's a number of people here and we have experienced that. And Brother Tim Dodd spoke about his experience of a piercing event when he wasn't even here. And he wasn't even in this area. And he was over in in, uh, uh, the Okanagan and sends sends another brother his way. Brother Mark Matul sitting here listening to me. It's a piercing event. I remember, perhaps Brother Tim doesn't remember, but I remember saying to you Brother Tim, tell me, tell us your experience. You begin to tell about a dream above the rapture, you remember that, and uh, you begin to break down and you didn't want to break down in public, and we were sitting across the room but that was a piercing event. Something happened when he came in contact with this message. I remember Brother John Andes, 15 years old, and his father, who's sitting here, said he'd like to take me for breakfast. We went over to uh, over to the uh, the restaurant here in the, in the mall in Langley. And we're sitting there, and he said, I feel to move my family here. I actually tried to convince him not to do it. And he said, well, I feel that I should do it. And I felt, well, I'm speaking to the Father, and he has... He feels that he's directed in a certain way. I always go back to the word and the father, the office of a father is a powerful office. The office of a mother is a powerful office. Amen. And when you go, when Satan came to Jesus to, in his great hour of temptation, he did not tempt him that he wasn't a human. He didn't tempt him about that. He said, if thou be the son of God, if you are in this office, then make these stones bread. If you are in this office, cast yourself down. If you are in this office, and our brother Tim was speaking this morning about the power of the office. Listen to me, friends. If you are a son of God, if you are a daughter of God, you have the Almighty who flung the stars into space and the planets into space, and I hope that's not too far-fetched. That God is our God. He's the Holy One of Israel. He sends His Spirit here tonight into you you to make you to know what is your portion. And if you see things going sideways in your home, or in your family, or in your life, you have a right, you have a God-given right to say, just a moment, Satan, I have, my father, kicked you out of heaven. My father refuse to have you to deter him and he will not allow you to tamper with this son or daughter of god amen you believe that it was a piercing experience we don't merely have to talk about the prophet of god coming but i can tell you personally it was a piercing, personal it was a piercing experience to have the prophet of god just two of us sitting there saying, I believe I was on this hill today riding my horse behind brother Bud Southwake and he came to me. Oh, I knew, I knew what that meant. That's, there's no justification. There's nothing that a person could say then. You just remain silent yeah. and I looked at him and I tell you what, friends, you maybe haven't had that that of a piercing experience, right to my earliest memory of my youth as a child. And I knew there wasn't a thing I could say. Right. And I understood what, what it was then when he would talk to a man or a woman standing before him and he would say, there isn't a thing you could hide from me. There isn't a thing in your life you could hide from me." I felt immediately naked, spiritually void of any excuse, and I just sat there while he said, I believe you have three questions you want to ask. Now, you've heard me say that many times, but I, can, I want to tell it in a different context. I want to tell it in the context that it was piercing. Amen. And you say, why do you believe what, I, what you believe? I believe it because I can't let it go. I believe it because I don't understand it. It come from another realm. Who told a Kentucky man? You have three. I have three. I had hundreds of friends. I had many, many minister friends. I had many debates about the Godhead. Many debates about baptism. Until I had finally just given up. And I said, I don't care how you baptize them. I don't care what name you use over it. I was done. I was so tired and fed up with it. Now I wondered about, always wondered about this ministry. I always wondered if the angel of the Lord is still there. And when he said he came to me, I was without strength. I was without speech. And I just looked at his eyes, I looked into his face, and I'll tell you what, it had changed not dramatically, but it had changed. Piercing, the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. This isn't my emotion now. They're not talking about, did you shed a tear? No, I didn't cry. Did I shout? No, I didn't shout. I was, if anything else, fearful. You have three questions. And the one question I never wanted to even have it come up was the serpent seed because I was certain I had the scripture and Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore a son and called his name Cain for I received a man from the Lord I said that's it right. that's it and when I quoted that scripture then I just put up my finger not to be shameful I said, but Brother Branham, the scripture says, and I knew he wouldn't want to evade or circumvent the scripture. And I, I was so earnest, been preaching now seven years, have been traveling into some of the provinces. And then I said, no, but the scripture says that Adam, I quoted the scripture. And he said, that's exactly the truth but you need to read the next verse. And the only revelation that I got is that I would missed something. I didn't know what the next verse said. Isn't that complicated? That doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. I just figured I missed something. I missed something. You know, you might be here tonight. You might say, well, I've, I've confessed this message. Maybe you confessed the words. Maybe you confessed a book, maybe you confessed some doctrines uh, i don 't know what it is you confess maybe it 's something you just were brought up in and because your parents believed it you had a certain association no friends we 're not here to be we 're not here to be up upsetting we're not but we 're not here to be hitchhikers we 're here to meet God to meet this God we've been talking about and I can tell you he's more real than you are amen Amen. isn't he wonderful brother Roy isn't he wonderful it was a piercing experience when on the day of Pentecost when Peter stood up and 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 he said, therefore, this is one a few days ago, less than two months before. He's with curses, denying that he even knows this man. Do you want him as a pastor? He's preaching with such piercing, penetrating, dividing, separating power. And he says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know that God hath made that same Jesus not another one but that same Jesus whom you have crucified both Lord and Christ he's the anointed one he's the Lord and Christ and the Bible says now when they heard this They were pricked in their hearts. They were penetrated in their hearts. Their heart was pierced with the words, we have crucified the Lord of, the anointed one, the Messiah, we've crucified him. And let it be known to you, he said, that God, this same Christ whom you crucified, has God raised up and we're witnesses of this. Hallelujah. And I want to say to you tonight, we that are here are witnesses. We've experienced an event. We haven't just heard something that we liked. We, haven't, we don't go to this church because they serve coffee after the Sunday morning service if somebody wants to. That's fine. We don't do it because we're here to worship him. Yeah. We're here because we have an example, a prophet example of the kind of meeting that he likes. Amen. 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 And the Bible says when they were done, they were pricked in their hearts. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? It wasn't, men and brethren, I think we'll go on a 40-day fast. Men and brethren, would you come and have some special meetings? No, they said, men and brethren, all of their religiosity was gone. Men and brethren, what shall we do? that's what God wants that's what God needs from us he doesn't need to hear men and brethren I've gone to this church for so many years I've done this or I've done that what he needs to hear is men and brethren what must I do what must we do and he said repent Here's the solution to whatever agonizing. Here's the solution to the piercing. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If people have been baptized and years later are saying, I, I don't know if I have the Holy Ghost. Well, don't talk to me. Talk to him. He's the one who said it. He's the one who gave the promise. He said, you shall receive it. If you say to me, I haven't received it, uh, then, well, it's not me to answer that. You have to answer that there's a sister sitting here in the service right now and she, she was wondering about the Holy Ghost and so many times and came to me and I said well what will you be like when you receive the Holy Ghost <laughs> she said I don't know I said if you don't know how will you know if you haven't got it well that kind of brings a smile maybe I do I don't know whether I have it or don't have it come on friends let's be real this is a reality this is God your father speaking through the Apostle Peter and you shall repent Turn around. Stop what you're doing and repent and go this direction and hear these words. They're hearing these words for the first time. Repent and be baptized in the name of this one who you crucified and he is raised up. Oh friends. We just had a ministry. Years and years of prophet ministry where Jesus painstakingly Came to the altar, came up to the platform, meeting after meeting, city after city. Houston, Texas appearing and Bombay and Johannesburg and Durban and fill the racetrack and all of these things. He didn't do that idly. He came through the land. He scoped out the land. Hallelujah. And somehow he evaded or he missed or he allowed China he allowed Ethiopia he allowed certain spots and i think he allowed it i can only believe he allowed it for his children because he knew there would be an oncoming generations that would fall under this same the same commission go ye into all the world and preach the gospel this is the gospel the gospel is good news how can it be good news to what some of these churches teach and you listen and you, you look at their lives we even have people that have come by and they want to know what is it you believe I say why do you ask well we see something Oh. I'm in the middle of it right this minute as I'm standing here. I have a man who wants to come and be associated, wants to kind of, you know, be near that presence. They can feel that something's right. Do you mind if I read some quotes now? You'll listen close. Are you tired? repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost they were indeed pricked and in the New Testament it is to pierce to pain the mind sharply vehemently used especially of the emotion of sorrow so something gripped them I've done wrong I have turned aside I've not given this the attention I should and if you're that way this evening now I want to just diverse for digress for just a moment but please stay with me the channels of the spirit you have a spirit Brother Branham would say to the people now don't move around because you have a spirit we all have a human spirit and it would become distracting to him while he's going into that realm he called it another world I'm trying to make that very very real to you it's a very real place friends But the channels of the spirit and the soul, now I want you to really practice and pinch your mind, are extremely close, so similar that only the word, only the word of God can pierce between them. Are we here for an emotional experience? Are we here because our family is here? Are we here because I had trouble and I think there's a solution here? Or are we here because God has talked to me? I've heard the voice of God. And sometimes the voice of God doesn't just come and say, hey, buddy. Doesn't talk about buddies so much it talks about, you're my son. Amen. And he starts telling you, I give myself for you. Start telling you something, maybe solving some problem or some question that you have. At least that was my experience and has been my experience since. But the channels are so close, now, now I, I have to have you listen very, very close. Because now I'm going to tell you something that's been on my mind and on my heart for a long time. And I actually asked to speak Sunday night because I felt that there would be less people here than, than there actually are. And I want to speak something from very deep in my heart. Brother Dodd came to it this morning and he actually laid a good foundation. But I'll start by making some statements. You are a creation of God. There's no doctor, no scientist. If something starts going sideways, They may or not be able to, may may be able to or may not be able to fix it because you are a creation of God. Number two, Satan cannot create. He can only pervert or he can by deception. Brother Branham talks about this being a very deceiving age. I'm not talking about some other time. I'm talking about right here and now. This is a very deceiving time. And we have, you have governments who are vote conscious, both sides of the border, and they will... It's very important that the senators, or the president, or the prime minister, and the house—it's very important to them. uh, Of prime prime importance is that they have sufficient votes to get voted in next year. And thus, if a hate a law is good for votes or if a soft touch towards a perverted class is good for votes, they're going to bring it in, and they're going to make it law. And suddenly, if you don't comply, you become illegal. Plain and simple. And we find ourselves... In a strange place, a strange, squeezed into a strange place where we are taught that we must not be, we must not be non supportive of the law. We must comply with the law. And yet the law may come right directly against your convictions.
2: Amen.
0: And the law of the world may come against the law of God. Amen. Amen. Now, now just don't, don't, don't look at me sideways, just for a moment. So now you have been created by God. You are part of creation. Your spirit which has, is all of the emotional realm. And you might say, well, Br- Br- Brother Branham, the prophet of God changed the order. No, he, <clears throat> Apostle Paul said, and I have the scripture, <clears throat> Apostle Paul said that your whole body Do you have that scripture? Your whole body, soul, and spirit be. He he didn't, he didn't. uh, I have it right here. You know, it's amazing. I can have something so close, and then I... Actually, I went home after morning service, and, and uh, I condensed my message by two pages. Amen. And so maybe I put it out, I don't know. I don't think so. But uh, Apostle Paul, we have it here. Thank you and the very God of peace (laughs) sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now the prophet of God, thank you. The prophet of God prior to the seals now, I have to listen very closely. Prior to the seals, he has referred to the soul and then the spirit being the inside of the inside. And then the, the, he drew the three rings on a couple of occasions, drew the three rings. This is the body, this is the spirit, or this is the soul and this is the spirit. This is the body, and this is the spirit, and this is the soul. But there's something he never changed. And he says this, The soul is the nature of the spirit. The soul is the nature. And this life experience that we have is a nature-changing experience. Uh, Now, it's hard for me to condense some of life's questions, not so much questions, but uh, experiences in a a short time, but will you bear with me a few moments? Amen. Amen, thank you. In 1954, uh, this is just 1954, he said the soul is the nature of the Spirit. In 58, he said the soul is the nature of the Spirit. In 1961, he said the soul is the nature of the Spirit. In 1961, again said the soul is the nature of the Spirit. In 1961, again, in 1963, in token, he said, the soul is the nature of the life. And in 1964, in the token, he said, now remember, the soul is the nature of the spirit. So now, uh, it's important that I convey to you that, and he also has said, Satan cannot create he even said one place when I spoke on Lucifer he said he was standing there God's right-hand man he says on one place says he was standing there perhaps in seeing creation unfold he wanted to create but that was the one thing he could not do was create you are a creation of God he couldn't create in Eden but he did come down and subvert what Eve thought about the tree of knowledge of good and evil, etc. And he said, and God, had her father, had said, the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And he convinced her somehow that that was not effective upon her. Now listen, friends. So now he... He played with her mind, and he even said, you'll be gods. Now listen to this closely. And you'll be like God, and you'll know the good from the evil, and you know things. I would like to say to this waiting congregation tonight that you have been given uh, devices, which Brother Tim talked about this morning, listen to it now you have been given access to a whole realm and this is I'm using other phrases this is Satan's Eden this is your home it is Satan's Eden and God has confidence in you that you will receive the Word of God in such purity so confirmed and so vindicated that it will hold you from all enticements and Satan has become a master at taking things that appeal to our spirit realm which is our imagination our, our, our memory our imagination let me just stop here for a second you that may be listening you that may be present that have been plagued by the past what you have done what you have what you should have done or some relationship or something of the past let me tell you satan has no right to that channel has absolutely no right to that channel Do you understand me? Yes. He has no right. And now got to the imagination, my wife and I were just on a plane here a few days ago. And she's sitting and the man who's sitting in the seat just in front he had some demonic scientific uh, game on and flashing. She's trying to close her eyes and flashing in her eyes and every time she looked up, things with great claws and teeth and Brother Branham says they will see ants and I have the quote, The, the height of mountains with long hair he didn't say the ants would have long hair but he said these creatures with long hair and teeth and so on and so forth. What is it? It's a world of imagination. And listen friends, you don't just look at me. That happens to be one of the biggest industries in the land today. And uh, one of the greatest things that's tormenting the minds of our children and our young people. Satan wants to twist them up. And he he wants to captivate their imagination. And he does. And people wearing all kinds of clothing and things. It's just absolutely amazing. But he is using the channel that he has access to of the spirit and the emotions and then the reasoning. And people have reasoned this message. I say, nonsense. Amen. Yeah. Nonsense. Because they, Brother Branham says they'll you know, they'll talk about all kinds of theology, etc. etc. and then walk out over the grass and can't even make one blade of grass. What are you doing? Well you can figure God out, you can figure a timeless creature out, and then walk out upon his creation and and don't even think what about the grass? Right. What about a being that has no beginning and no end? Amen. Who can speak about these things? I, I can tell you, friends, even in his presence, just in his presence for a moment, you'll feel like you're going to pass away.
2: Amen. 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 Satan has
0: had these six thousand years from Eden from Eden where he came to Adam's bride and in this Eden he throws everything at the second Adam's bride to try to captivate their mind or to invade their home with fears with imaginations with memories Friends, I know what I'm speaking about. I'm talking about people who ought to be here in the church tonight that are so tormented over their past. I say in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, you have no right to that individual. You have no right to that person. You have no right to their mind. I want to put the devil on on notice tonight. These are blood washed. These are blood washed. Our Father is a God who can't even remember he takes your confessed sins and puts them in the sea of forgetfulness and cannot remember them anymore that's what he says do you believe it you believe it tell him that you believe it glory to God and he is so invaded this generation he'd like to come maybe into this church or into your home with so many devices and so many enticements. In the message, Shalom, I'm gonna jump all over just wherever I feel directed to. He says, uh, See, not disregarding, but like our sisters. Many time when I speak to them about wearing these clothes and cutting their hair and little things and man, how they'll continue on into their creeds and serve under those creeds and things. And they never quote Brother Branham on this. He says, and they're good people. And they're nice people. But yet it seems that they can't understand look like they can't get it right. why he says I go back the next year and instead of being any better it's worse it continues on
2: right.
0: you folks live here in Satan's Eden is it getting better no. No. isn't it amazing it's not me that's saying it. I'm only telling you where you live. I'm suggesting where you live. And don't be ashamed of it. Our forefathers stood up when was either deny it or die. And they said, I'll not deny it. As Luther said, I will not and I cannot. I cannot turn it aside. I cannot. Maybe you didn't expect this Sunday night, but bear with me if you would. He said, it seems like, it seems there's something that has struck our people. Are we the people? It struck the world, and they don't seem to have the understanding there's something wrong. He goes on, just like you notice man today, you don't find that genuineness in man. You don't find it in women. But you notice the women in our day, they don't seem to have that ladylike they once had. They just like, they, they want it, they want him, they want to, but there's something won't let them do it. Are you listening close they don't quote this the enemies of the message don't quote this and I'm just starting Are you listening close it seems like there's a heaviness that you tell a lady that she should not do such an, and such a thing and the lady looks upon that looks upon what's been spoken And believes that, listening? Amen. She wants to believe that, but there's something that presses her the other way. See, he said, Poor thing. I feel sorry for her. Right. This is Shalom, 1964. I feel sorry for her. She's so caught in such a web of Hollywood please listen to this Hollywood the advertisements the television the advertisements in television radio newspaper on the street in the store windows number seven with modern dress and so forth. All of it's a pressure on you. He said, I feel sorry for her. They're nice people, and they're good people. They're caught in a web. And I speak to them, and they see that, and they want to do it, and there's just something holding them back. He said, poor thing, I feel sorry for her. and the modern dress and so forth, and the way that, this is number eight, the way that other women meet her. And it seems to be that there is something that they just can't pull away from. Our young people, our old people, and our middle age. There seems to be something among man. Man don't seem to be, have that masculine touch that he used to have. Women don't have that feminist touch. He says, women want to be pretty. Said it's, that's the way they're made. That's the way God made her that way. All this other stuff that is so appealing that is why shopping is exciting. It is a certain part of men and women, both. In fact, there was just a news item. It's on Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, if you want to see it. The Salvation Army in Toronto, Canada, have a huge warehouse with huge bales, I mean hundreds of tons of used clothing that have been donated by people like you and I, donated the clothes, and they said, these are the clothes that is left over from our thrift stores. What happens to them? To go to the landfill. And they said, do the people know that? No, they don't know that. Well, why don't you give it away? Well, now listen to this. Maybe you're going to think I'm off my head. He said, well, then the, they go through the shredders, some of the mixture of the threads. There's some wool and some polyester and other things, and these might be okay, but these other threads are dangerous. And they showed it going down into the water, and it's, it's one of the greatest pollutants there is. And people think they're doing good, and we want to help people, we, we want to give these clothes. There's just tons and tons and tons and tons, piled high in beautiful big bales already been donated, already gone through the thrift store. And when the announcers went out, one of the reporters went out and said, and held some of the clothes up out of the bags, would you like this, I, I can give you this? No, they didn't want it, they didn't want it. The Next one didn't want it. Somebody took a little pair of jeans or something from somebody. And they said, well, they can recycle some stuff. But in the scripture, you'll find God telling Moses, don't mix this cloth with that cloth. Don't mix these threads with those threads. You ought to read it in the scripture, in your Bible. You remember that, Brother Mark? Yes, sir. And here they are. That's one of the great problems and you can see it if you wish on CBC marketplace it said it's one of the greatest problems and people they took people off the street brother John and, and, and walked in there they took some families and they said these are clothes that have been donated oh and the person from the Salvation Army said This is from one week of donation. One week. Massive rows of tons and tons and tons of clothing. And they said they felt bad because the people who donate it feel like they're helping somebody. And it's actually going and being shredded in many instances. In many instances, going to foreign countries and being burnt because the foreign countries don't even want it. And they showed the people standing on the piles, of burning piles and with rakes and smoke and all going up. Listen friends, I didn't even plan to say anything about that. But listen, our God is smart. (laughs) Our God knew about these things that's gonna come along. And he knows all about Satan's Eden. Right. He knows all about the stuff that he's going to pervert. And through and, and, and here we have a prophet of God saying, he's a slicker. Yeah. Don't try to. He, knows, he, he even says, the prophet of God says, he knows more about the Bible than you do.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: I'm not getting very many amens. He knows more about the Bible than you do. And people think, oh, I'm going to, you know, fix this. You're not going to fix it. We're going to let this country go. I said to my wife, we were in Maui for a few days, and I said, we are in a little eating place. And I said, that's just me, perhaps. I said, you know this is a beautiful part of the world my father our father made this right.
2: Right.
0: I said these others that are ch- Satan's children I said perhaps too loud but I said Satan's children and I said let them do what they want with it but I'm going to enjoy it right. Right. I come here for a rest if they want to come here and have their parties and do what they want to do, that's up to them. That has nothing to do with me. I have nothing to do with that. I've come here to just settle my mind and, and i got some things to think about and some spiritual things I want to think about. These are Satan's children. And I looked over to the next table one of the women was... <laughs> looking and I I said to my wife I think that lady heard me because the look on her face was I just can't believe what you just said not only that not only did I say it but I believed it this is Satan's Eden and he can do what he wants to do God's going to destroy him hallelujah (laughs) not just their clothes that's going to get burned up few other things too it's 7 o'clock can I carry on a few minutes you may be hearing things that you didn't expect to hear see friends the reason I want to read some of these things is because I understand it I, I, I understand it from the perspective of, of being with him and, and just how he looked on things. And people make, make, well they made the prophets out something that were worth. As far as the people were concerned they killed them. The Bible says everyone, Amen. they killed them. Yes. And that is true. Now I just want to read a quote, please, out of Christ as the mystery of his, Christ is revealed in his own word. He says, well, if if them physical beings of our body, these are the physical beings, is tearing down, like that from eating hybrid foods, tensions, so he merges those two things together, eating hybrid foods and tensions, that rotten it, does not that also rotten the brain cell? Now when he was talking about, I, I just want to know, you're listening all right? When he was talking about the cell, how Satan would get into a cell, and way back in the early 50s, 1950's and then he was just talking about it'll get into a cell because you're made up of cells so he says Satan gets into that cell because he can't create the cell but from the cell he he makes more cells and they're perverted and they start to grow into a growth he says like a cataract Now, my wife just had a cataract, had a cataract removed. And they will look at it and they want it to grow a little bit more. It's not ripe, it's not ready to be removed. And the prophet of God, when they didn't hardly know anything about cells, was talking about how a tumor will grow and how a cancer will grow. And he says, Satan gets into that cell. See, but now, if you go 10 years from there to 1964, Brother Tim, he talks about it completely differently. Because now, uh, I'm, I'm just sorry, I, I don't have it in the order that I wanted to have it. Just a moment. Uh, he was saying that he gets into, the, into that spirit realm. Uh, And it just rots the pressures and the tensions of, uh, of this life. Just a moment. Oh, my goodness. I wanted that... excuse me a moment I know that it's 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 here and I I pull it. It's where Brother Branham talks about the tensions and the pressures of life and soft living church pardon it's in the church age book yeah and I, I, I have it here I may even have it in a slide uh, Thank you for your patience. I'll just be a moment. In the church age book, perhaps you recall it. He says the the age that they were in back centuries ago, you either bowed or you gave your life. He said the pressure of this age, and he takes it from the scripture that is given to the church age messenger, I will lay no other burden upon you. And he talks about it as being the burden and being the pressure and attention. He said now the... Pressure of this age. This is your age. He says it's the pressure of tension. Each age had its pressures. Thank you. For example, a great burden of the last age is the pressure of riches, soft living, and nervous tensions in a complex age that we seem unfitted to live in who made it who made it that kind of an age this is Satan's Eden soft living and riches and 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 it's not just the riches it's the love of it and he says and for example a burden of this last age is the Pressure of riches. Whoever thought that was a pressure? Whoever thought these billionaires in Toronto worth $50 billion and giving hundreds of millions away? Now they just called the other day and said they were murdered. Do you think they thought they were murdered? Jewish people, a Jewish couple very popular couple in Toronto, Canada were just murdered a few weeks ago and strangled we don't like to talk about these things these things are happening in our world this is not where we're going to live but this is, a, this is Satan's Eden Thank you. Now Brother Bram talks about the tensions, the physical tensions and the hybrid foods and the tensions that rotten it. You know, this isn't, he wasn't filling up space. He's telling us plainly that the hybrid foods and combination of tensions. I'd like to shake hands with the person who hasn't got tension, stress of some kind. Just the age, whether you're young or you're in school or you're doing some, uh, some article or something or some test, it's a tension. It's just the way the age is that's not the way it's supposed to be and you will have none of these things in God's kingdom where you're going you'll have none of these things and I I just want to take this one thing uh, and I want to read it for you one morning brother Branham says one morning I remember getting up down into the city about five o'clock. He woke me up. He said, get on your clothes. Someone will say right away, well, why would God say that? Well, that's a God that's told Moses to take off his shoes.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> we want to be smart. We want to know. He said, put on your clothes. And I went down into the city. I walked about three miles. I believe that was in Omskosvik, Oreboro and I looked it up, and it's just north of Stockholm in Sweden. He said, Norway or Sweden, it's in Sweden. And I went under a tree by a river, and I prayed till nine o'clock from five until nine and then about nine o'clock he would let he wouldn't let me go i knew they were wondering where i was at when they got to the room and i wasn't there so i was praying and i heard his voice rise up now i rose up this is why i'm reading it to you Now, it's not just an imagination. This isn't something that Satan has got into the imagination channel and is prompting him. And not every thought that comes into our mind of the memory, imagination, you can remember it by my car, memory, imagination, conscience, affection, And reasoning, all of them are of the mind. This is a mind generation. All of them are in the mind. It's just not imagination, friends. His voice, I I want you to hear this. This is the same one that spoke the message to us. And although you may not have experienced it, I am going to stand here and say very boldly, you can experience this person of the word, the person of the word. You can actually experience, you'll feel him moving close. Once the prophet of God, Brother Ben, said to me, he said, Brother Eddie, the next time you're praying, and you feel him come real close. I want you to catch that. You feel him come real close. Tell him Bill loves him very much. Amen. That's just how real it was. And, and I'll close soon. He says, Now when he stands there, it's not just what you imagine. You can't imagine this. I pray that you will experience it. It's the sweetest thing, most wonderful thing. I hear him when he's walking. Look at him. Talk to him like you talk to me or I talk to you. It's a being. You're listening. I'm not just reading this, I'm telling, I'm saying this is, this is for you. It may only be once or twice in your life, but you will remember it all your days. And it will be as real 10 or 20 years from now as it was when it happened. It'll be just as real. and that, and, and it's because he's an eternal one, I want to say something else from experience. That 10 or 20 years will just evaporate to nothing. Right. It'll be like it happened yesterday. True. He said, it's, it's not just an imagination. And I can hear him when he sets his feet down. Isn't that wonderful, Brother Richard? Walks. When he talks, he just talks like I do. Oh he he's got a voice that's very humble in one way and very stern in another. His characters no man could paint. Just like if he'd speak, it turned the world upside down. Now that's knowing someone. Yet he's so meek when you look at him you'd almost cry and he said get up and I got up and started walking I want you to hear this so bad and I walked about a mile and I was going to a st- buy a store that I'd seen the day before I don't know what to do only to walk and he said walk I thought I will just go around this corner, and I got to the corner, and he said, "Turn to your right." I went to the right, two squares, that's two blocks, and then he said, "Turn to your left." and just in a split second, I seen my interpreter from the night before, and he was and I knew something's going to happen, is it?" Interpreter was walking towards him. Because he just kept getting closer and closer. I knew what was going to happen. It's going to be right away. He come up to me and shook my hand. And there said, Brother Branham, it's something strange. I said, just a moment. And I begin to tell him, and he looked at me, and when he did, seen us in a vision standing there when he was translating the night before. Now, what kind of world is this? He's experiencing someone so real. He says, I can tell when his feet touch the floor, and I can hear him walking. And I hear his voice just like, I speak to you or he speaks to me. And then he says, get up and put your shoes on or put your clothes on. And he does that. Now he's walking and he's prayed from five to about nine. And now he sees this man after he's turned two different directions, sees this man coming towards him. And he said, and then... In the midst of that, when he meets him, is shaking his hand and the man says something strange. And then he sees a vision and he enters, sees them both in a vision. Doesn't see them standing there on the street, sees them in a vision. Friends, this is your prophet. Right. This happened in Sweden. and he looked at me and when he did I seen us in a vision standing there when he was translating the night before I said you just come from the hospital haven't you he said yes sir and I said you had one of your kidneys removed and he said that's right I just met him the day before, only thing from the platform that night I said about three or four years ago you were supposed to do something and you did not do it, isn't that, isn't that true? He said that's right. I said then you had an operation and since your operation it went over into the other kidney." That's right, he said. Now, wouldn't you like to have a doctor like this? I said, last night, when I was praying in a congregational prayer, this is why I'm reading it, I was so moved and touched by it didn't you take your hand and take a hold of my coat like that real easy? Just take his coat while I was praying a congregational prayer. His hands up into the air. He said, that's right, Brother Branham. And I asked God last night if it was so that he would confirm it and about a half hour ago, he told me to get up and to go down on the street. And in just one second time, and I would have missed him. There, is, there it was confirmed of his healing, how God works in mysterious ways. Amen. That's a long reading, but I wanted you to hear it. That just happens to be how real this God is. And his interpreter, when Brother Branham is praying a final, perhaps, prayer, a congregational prayer, listen, folks, that same God is present here in this building to answer your questions and to solve your dilemmas He knows exactly, young men, your future. He knows exactly, young sisters, your future. Middle-aged, he knows exactly what it is to raise a family. He knows it because he's our God. He knows absolutely everything. He knows all about the bills that have to be paid. He knows all about the work. He knows all about the struggles of life but he doesn't want you consumed with it. He wants you for fellowship. The prophet said he wants you for fellowship. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. And here's this man that's an interpreter and he's interpreting for Brother Branham. And he hasn't been able to get to him. And one kidney was removed and the prophet is telling him it's gone into the other kidney. He didn't even say what it is. He said, if I'd have waited one moment, one second, I wouldn't have met him. Friends, if that had been you or me standing there, I wonder if we would have reached out because of our need and taken that man's coat and just held it and to meet him the next day and have him tell you that's when you were healed, and tell you every detail. You know, it's, it's very, I don't know exactly how to explain it or how to tell it, but it's very, very, it's not violating at all. but it makes a person feel very helpless when you have someone start to tell you about your life. This is where you've been. And this is what you thought. And it didn't work out. And this is what you feared. And that's not a right fear. And the question you have and suddenly you know I'm in I'm the presence of one that has all the answers. Right. Everything that's been concerning me, everything that's been troubling me, and I've been wondering about my thoughts about my future and so on. Oh, friends, I'm here to tell you, we have a friend yes. that sticketh closer than a brother. Wonder Brother Derek if you'd come and help me. And uh, we'll have the musicians please come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'd like to just have you bow your head with me. Heavenly Father, I feel as though well, you have been you have come to our building tonight. And you're talking to us. Lord, talk to the people. Talk to my precious friends. Talk to them. They're not only good people and nice people, but they're people that believe your voice. And they believe, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and you have come here on this Sunday evening for another visit and to talk to us Lord we all run into times when we think there's maybe no one that really understands but you understand and we're facing things Lord Jesus perhaps in individuals lives or homes we are living in Satan's Eden, this cunning, cunning, cunning enemy that despises your creation. And your prophet could speak about it. And uh, he said, the enemy has come, Satan has come, to destroy God's creation. We are that creation. We are of the new creation. Oh, Lord Jesus. I pray that you'll cause this to be such a reality. Take these feeble words and may they be an eternal, may it be an eternal moment. And as our brother Tim preached, may it be an event. I pray you'll take this service and turn it into an event somewhere along the road, Lord. Perhaps in the room tonight, perhaps a driving home, Oh, God, may we hear the results of this time together. I'm so glad for those moments when you have met us. You have met me. You have met our family members. Oh, God, and the members of this church, I pray that you'll bless us, Lord, with the visitation of Jesus Christ. And we believe your words, Lord. I want to close with your words that you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. I want to sing, Brother Derek, we have a friend. Brother Ryan, we have a friend. I have a friend that walks me. I have a friend. Where you the one you sang.
2: afraid.
0: I like you to sing it please with real emphasis. The second last line says, He'll always hide me. Do you believe that? Yes. I would like you to say that with me. He'll always hide me. Hallelujah. When you leave here, he'll always hide you. He'll always hold you. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. Oh, God's grace oh loving Lord Jesus you are so precious you are so lovely you are so near I sense your atmosphere walk up and down these aisles go between the seats Lord take your hand lay it on somebody's shoulder that needs it right now oh God let the people know you are their friend. Tell them, Lord, it's me. It's me. It's me. It's not someone else. It's me. The one when you said Jesus. It's me. Oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that we can speak about you so openly. We can have a service, Lord, that's more than a service, it's a meeting we've been introduced to you we feel so privileged lord i pray that you will bless this people lord take them oh god and embrace them as i am unable we're unable to do that but you can take them and embrace them touch their lives oh god i'm asking in your name lord jesus solve the dilemma solve the unsolvable to the individual. Come amongst them, O oh God. Come into their family. I want to thank you just now, Lord, for giving Brother Timothy, Tim, and Sister Jessica a child. Oh God, we're so thankful that you do such things. They have longed for this child. The parents and grandparents have longed for it. And you have done it. You love doing things for your children. And Lord, now I pray as we send the people from this place, that they will be uh, so filled, oh God, so filled and so close to you, and you'll be so close to them. Come, I invite you, Lord Jesus. Drive home with us. Be with us when we turn the key in the lock and unlock our doors. Walk in, and Lord, let us have the assurance. Be the assurance, oh God, Give the assurance, you're there. You've protected our homes. Lord, we're missing Brother uh, brother Caldwell. We're missing Brother Ron, oh God. We'd love to see him. I pray that you'll work things out, oh God. Do what needs to be done, oh God, at the border. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have our sister Chantel, brother Paul, and sister Michael Lord, be going before the immigration. Oh God, they've been invited to the ceremony. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll extend your arms, O God, through people who don't even know them and then receive them, O God, into this country and do the impossible. Remember our brother Timothy, O God, away in South Africa. Be his friend, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, you'll confirm to him your fatherhood in Jesus' name. You love fatherhood. Lord, we hear that. We have families here. and We need you now, Lord. Yes. Be near us, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just sing, I love him, I love him. Bless you each one in Jesus' name. Give you a tremendous week. Hallelujah.